There is so much going on at the moment in the world of recruitment. It is evolving, there is revolution, there is change, there's adaption, there's adoption. It is absolutely superb time to watch how this industry is turning and emerging into something what I think is going to be quite different on the other side of COVID. But to really understand what is going on in the world of recruitment, we're looking at lots of different angles, trying to get underneath the skin of what recruitment organisations are doing well and also what they're doing badly. So I decided to reach out to Elliot Manning, who heads up Cayman Recruitment, a rec-to-rec business based here in the UK, but also working in the US market, to get a sense from Elliot of what he's seeing from different recruitment organisations and also from those people who are leaving recruitment organisations, their reasons why, what is it they're looking for now in their next employer. Really hope you enjoy this podcast with Elliot Manning. Listen, Elliot, Elliot, really, really great to catch up with you. Uh, Elliot Manning, who MD, we just found out, uh, yep. CEO, chairman, founder, leader, extraordinaire of Cayman yep. Recruitment. How are you doing, Elliot? You good? I'm very good. I'm uh, I'm very happy. Had a good week. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good today. Good. And good to have a good week because it's been a shorter week this week, obviously, with everything that's been going on, school's going back and everything else. So, yep. uh, lots of distractions, I suppose, is a good way to describe it. Yeah. But, more than enough. More than enough. Yeah, definitely. So, listen, really great to have you on. And the, the reason why I wanted to bring on, I, I know you came in very well. Great business. Uh, the feedback about Cayman across the market has been superb. And a lot of organisations and members of TRN that use you have been really positive. Uh, both here in the UK and obviously internationally as well. But the, um, I thought it'd be really good just to grab, you know, 15, 20 minutes with you and just, I suppose, chew the fat a little bit about the industry because yeah. I look at it for, as an advisor point of view and I get to see lots of documents, P&Ls and strategies and that type of stuff. Whereas I suppose a lot of your business is around the people side more than anything else. People are coming and going and what's good and bad. So yeah. do you want to give me your sort of, if you were to summarize the last <laughs> six months, if that's even possible, yeah. the journey that you've seen, We'll look at it in two ways. Number one, from uh, the industry's perspective and what you see in the marketplace, but also a little bit about Cayman and what you guys have done. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, um, we've been going off about eight years and I would probably say that, you know, this year in just generally for work for me and running this business has been the hardest it's ever been. But I'm not going to say that it's not even been in a negative way. It's been in just a really challenging way. Um, mm. Our mission as a business has really continued to be the same and we've been trying to deliver and make sure that we you know, have that upkeep as much as possible throughout everything that's been going on. Um, the whole industry itself is still adapting to the changes and we're still trying to figure that out as a rec to rec. You know, for us in terms of talking to recruiters of all levels from grad to, you know, CEO level, um, we've heard and seen, I think, nearly everything and there's still more that's, you know, coming up every single day. Um, so so for us, you know, we're just trying to adapt to those changes. You know, I it's weird because like when you're in technology recruitment, you're trying to adapt to the new changes of technology and everything that's happening out there as a recruitment business. And we're trying to do the same with the recruitment industry. Um, and it's a forever changing cycle. But generally over the last, you know, let's just say for this year, the course of this year that so far, we've um, we've changed our ways. We've tried to adapt to, to make it work for everybody. We've been trying to be a bit more on a, of an understanding business now in terms of, you know, how agencies have maybe struggled or what they're trying to achieve now. And, um, you know, if I had a list of everything that we've learned, it's, I mean, I need about 10, 15, 20 pages long, you know, so, um, but no, no, overall, James, it's been, it's been great. Um, and I think the industry has been unbelievable, really has, um, you know, and for us to 
see the ins and outs of it as a as a rep to rec is I, it just makes me love recruitment. I know it sounds a bit mm-hmm. like a bit cliche in terms of what I do, but I just generally, you know, do have a bit more of a passion for it now. Yeah, there's nothing cliche about that, and we all do. I think that's why we're that's why we're in it. It's like it's well, no, it's what we live and breathe. The, I mean, do you, I mean, do you think the industry's coped? I mean, I know it's been a really, you know, because I've seen people not cope, and I've yeah, seen yeah. companies not cope. I mean, generally, what you've seen are people coping? Do you think, or are people still really suffering right now? Businesses are now coping, I think. And I was actually saying to a recruitment business owner this morning, I was like, it's been amazing to see the changes in the ways that they've had to adapt to, to make it work for everybody and learn their business so much more than they've ever learned before that they are now you know, enabling themselves to cope even better. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, different agencies, look, there's ones that have struggled and that's, you know, another story, but the ones that are, have kind of got through it, getting through it and moving forward as a business. I think they're doing unbelievable. You know, the, you know, the, ways that they're working in office two, three days a week and the way that they're adapting to the hours and flexibility is a is an unbelievable sort of change in the industry, I suppose, more so than ever. And I think agencies have now accepted that's the way it is. Um, and they've yeah. built their businesses to to work around that and for it now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think um, oh, I'll ask you this question. So do you, I've got my opinion about this. I've got my thoughts. Do you, the, the companies that you know of that haven't done so well, do you think that's because of the industry they're in predominantly or is it actually because their businesses weren't that good? In my absolute opinion, I think it's more so to do with um, the way that they built their business and the foundation that they had. Um, I think the foundation is a, of a business, they never really thought it through. And, you know, just like a mistake I made when I first set up the business openly to say is that I tried to run before I could walk and, you know, I didn't really start looking at the ins, look at the inside of the business and work my way out to make sure that I've got that sort of solid foundation there yeah. um, and learned from that well enough to be able to be in a, a better position today. And I think a lot of agencies have not been able to, to figure that out yet. You know, some of them have hired way too quickly, way too many people to try and be a bigger business and think that that's going to be the best way to get the revenue that they need quick enough. Yeah. Um, but learning, you know, especially from yourself, James, you know, there's, uh, a different way to look at it and a different method that is actually a lot more effective, you know, where um, it doesn't need to work like that. And we can go into more detail about it, but there's, there's, there's ways and means that are, let's just say, a lot more substantial. Yeah, I, I mean, I had, I've just come off a board meeting with uh, one of the companies I'm involved with, and uh, they're a £50 million turnover business, good, great business. And we're looking at where's the real profit coming from now? How do we make it more yeah. sustainable, solid foundations? Because £50 million is great to get to that level. You, you can't knock them for that at all. But how can we squeeze an extra 10% profitability out of them now? And I think that's what we, we, we are, which is great. So we've worked a way of doing it. But can we keep that going? Can we make that a model that other recruitment companies can follow? I was going to say, it's not just the staffing you need to look at. They're not the ones that necessarily are going to bring in all the revenue. It's about the structure, the infrastructure, the solutions and the business as a whole and what it's capable of that is actually going to generate everything. Yeah. Um, and I think some mindsets in recruitment may, in my opinion, be more based around let's just get more and more heads in and they'll make us money. You know. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. I think that's a bit of a, an ego-stroking thing on the, on the front cover sort of stuff. The, um, one of the things I really want to get into with you, because obviously you've got a really good insight into this, is around 
Now, what, what is happening generally, recruitment companies doing when it comes to things like how they're going to attract people? Are they changing their benefit packages? Are they having, you know, announcing work from home sort of stuff? And then um, the guys at Investigo were just, you know, recently announced what they're yeah, doing, yeah. which is great, I think. And I, like, I love how they were proactive about that. But are you seeing recruitment companies now adjusting their models to attract people? Um, when you talk to candidates on the market, what are they actually looking for now? Are they looking for models of, I want flexibility or are people saying, no, no, that's all right. I want to go back to the office. Just give me a overview of that. Um, I think every agency is working differently. Um, I think that most businesses are, let's just say, look, they've adapted. They've got their own setups now and an infrastructure and logistics of how they want their businesses to work. The way that they're attracting recruiters right now, I don't, I generally still don't think it's about that flexible kind of home working in office at home basis i think that's a key part and that's kind of expected if i'm honest with you so that's not going to attract the staff to do that now mm. i think that they need to i think that the businesses that are bringing in more biz, more people are attracting them based on their success and their growth and their plans and i think it's gone back to that if that makes sense so i think that people are expecting the flexible remote working and they're now looking back towards, okay, right, is this a good business? What are they offering me in terms of, you know, package? What are they doing as a business in terms of progression? How can I progress? How, where am I going to fit into this, you know, project? And that's where businesses now in recruitment are going back to. And I think that the more that they improve on that, yeah, they're attracting the right talent for it. Yeah, so you don't think people are turning down jobs based on the fact they have to go and work in an office again? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, there's very few. And I mean, literally a handful that I know on one hand that basically are five days a week in office. And I, uh, I don't see how even those businesses are really trying to, I mean, look, there's going to be a few recruiters out there that might not want to be five days in office, but then there's some of them that might live so close to, you know, yeah. the business itself and they can cycle into work. So I don't think that's it. No. Yeah, yeah, no, fair play. The um, let, let, let's, let's talk about it from a financial point of view because I always yeah. like that bit. The you know, are salaries changing now? Are commission structure changing? You know, and I've I've been advising companies for six months through this about how to change their reward structures to make them better, more attractive. To I suppose drive the right behaviours. Yeah. What What are you seeing across the industry at the moment? I think um, salaries are changing. Um, I think some businesses are offering lower salaries based on the fact there's no London waiting and, you know, or less of it and they don't need to pay it out and they can't really, recruiters unfortunately can't justify why they deserve or should earn the, that kind of same salary they were getting previously. Um, so there's a lot of that that I've seen, which I don't see as a bad thing at all because initially a lot of salary is made up of travel. Um, if a business is generous enough and they want to be able to bring the right talent over, then offer them the kind of same money and they know that they're going to make more anyway. So, you know, they haven't got any travel costs. So I think financially in terms of commission structures, I don't see any real changes. I think some businesses have taken the time recently to look at their structures and alter it, amend it, make it more mm. appealing. Um, because they've actually had time now to sit and do that um, and opportunities to, to discuss it. Um, but all the businesses that were on 80% cuts and whatever, I don't think there's any of them left. Um, I think they're back to normal now. Um, right. Do you know what? Like the whole situation with COVID has, I think, just more so made the industry more positive and everyone's wanting to now really, really drive it more than ever in their own businesses. I don't feel like um, a lot of companies, back to sort of question, are changing their uh, structures enough, you know, to to you know to make it any better or different, you know. I mean, but 
I think recruiters out there are, you know, wanting to work for just more stable businesses, you know, in my opinion. Okay, so that security piece is, is important. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. a lot of people have been scared, scared off of a lot of their companies and seeing a lot of stuff that they didn't want to see and are now looking to really work for firms that have got more stability. Yeah, and without definitely without naming any names because we're really careful with yeah. it. Do, um, do, do you have you seen examples of recruitment companies just get this get this wrong the last six months? Yeah. They just played the cards completely wrong. What what sort of things are that not just generally without going to um, what sort of things are they doing which is just like getting this wrong? I've got an example of a company in London, an example of a company in the US. Um, okay. without naming names I know that I've, they're not my clients ultimately and you know it's just just helpful for people to know but there's a business in the US that had said to staff that if you're not going to come into office and work um, and you're not going to be part of our business and culture and you want to work from home then you need to take a salary cut you know to do that and I mean like not something that's minor something that's a bit more substantial than that and but if they were going to come into the office and travel in and be a part of the business and the growth then they wouldn't have any effect on their in their earnings um, so it was kind of like a bit of a blackmail situation which didn't go down well with a lot of people there and we know that because we were talking to most of them after they all heard that so that right, was one okay. problem I've heard of other businesses. Uh, and, and, sorry, and with that, the people you spoke to off that obviously had their noses put out of joint with this, were they good billers? Or were these like, because all these strategies that you hear, are these like, is this a strategy of a company trying to whittle out all the poor billers and just retain the good ones? Or is actually the good ones leaving as well? I think that was just poor management personally. I don't think yeah. that was anything to do with the, the billers because the billers were then going to be, even if the good billers was to go into work and stay there, their culture and their ethics and their reputations going to be killed. You know, and I don't think they want to be a part of that. And some people are just being a bit more, let's just say, humane about it and thinking, well, this is just wrong, you know, completely. So it was a bit of a mix of people that we'd speak to that were working mm. there. And, you know, it's a shame and I hate to hear it. Um, sometimes I love to hear it because it's good for us. But ultimately, it's, it's, <laughs> it, is a, it is a real shame to, to come across. I, I know of a couple of businesses in London, the one in particular, were basically making their staff work, even though they're on furlough. Um, and I've heard that a hell of a lot. And it's just, in my opinion, it's appalling yeah. um, because there was no respect of the circumstance and, the, you know, the government's offerings. But um, there was a lot of that, unfortunately. And I've had clients call me moaning and just saying, like, you know, they're just not doing anything. You know, they're just sitting there. And it's just like, I know that, but there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, so bits of that I've heard people going more limited company now some offerings of some people said you have to go limited company now and you know we'll pay you that way and it's just like what the hell is going on with some of these ideas it's just mad mm. yeah so it's interesting and you know you've really you hit me there because that, that whole piece around people pushing people working on further I mean, we've heard we've heard examples of this and all sorts of places and you know it's just you, you've got to take a step back and just think about you know the people who would even consider doing that? What, what sort of does that statement does that lay down? And yeah. you know, is that the sort of people you want to be associated with, let alone working for and that sort of stuff? But. No, look, I've, 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 James, we've heard so many things. It's, it's nuts. Some of it I, I won't share, but ultimately, like, you know, those examples, especially like just making someone work on furlough while they're at home throughout the whole period of, of everything that's been going on, putting them in a really awkward position as well because they don't want to, they know it's wrong, but. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think everyone kind of, I mean, I think for the first week or two, everyone kind of didn't know how to react and whether it was going to be monitored or not. And then everyone just kind of just decided, you know what, in, in the most places, let's just, let's just leave them to be on furlough because that's how it should be. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get into that one because I'll, I'll get <laughs> okay, which is fine. The um, from from a geographical point of view, because obviously I know you do with states and in the UK and everything else. And I mean, you're predominantly London in the UK or across all London, South East predominantly. Yeah. I mean, we've got some businesses that have got locations in the South East that have got offices across the UK, and we'll deal with them as well, like the Midlands and up Manchester, yeah. but predominantly South East. Okay, and so I don't know if you know, if you can answer this necessarily, but I mean, are you seeing much of a change between, you know, or, or different strategies between the different geographical locations? Like, is is Birmingham open for business and London's closed still, or what what are you seeing from a geographical perspective? Main two states, by the way, is up. Um, I think the businesses that are centrally located in uh, in a city, right, um, whether it's Birmingham, Manchester, London, for example those businesses are still kind of you know keeping up that remote aspect i think the businesses and i don't know if it's kind of answers your question geographically the businesses that are outside of london or outside the main city areas are doing well a lot of yeah. recruiters that are at home i'll give an example there's a lot of recruitment companies in essex or hearts that are doing really well with hiring at the minute because the recruiters that they're hiring and bringing in don't have to go into town yeah. so a lot of agencies that are city-based are now looking at opening offices outside of you know outside of that and locations so that they can attract more talent that don't have to use public transport um and that's the changes that we've seen a lot of um which, which is uh, almost like the opposite of what it used to be do you remember go back 12 months ago people were saying now we've got to have an office right in the middle of london else we won't attract people exactly now it's like it's the opposite isn't it that funny yeah it's mad so we've seen a lot of that but geographically like manchester um, it's the same concept in those city areas as it would be in london yeah um so we've kind of seen the same um, let's just say the same thing happening everywhere. Are, are recruiters leaving the industry? You know, are there, are there, are there, is there a, I know it may, it may be early days, I don't know, but I mean, you must be having fairly, I don't get sort of deep, but fairly deep and meaningful heart to heart conversations with quite a lot of recruiters. Are people sort of saying, I've had enough of this, I'm out of here now, it's like different or? I've never seen more recruiters than any time before I asked for more roles internally and talent acquisition to get away from the agency side. I've never, ever seen it more so than recently. Really? Okay. Um, which I just said to every recruiter that calls me and says the same thing. I was like, I asked one question, which is why? Mm. I want to know why. And they don't, I've been honestly like more than half of them don't have a real answer that is actually justifiable as to what they want to do it for. Um, and they're wasting their talent just trying to do that, unfortunately, because they're good recruiters in agency. And they just, it's just like, what, is, what are you trying to achieve? Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people try and get out of recruitment to do things in sales or property or something else. It's just like, it's just, just I, I'm, we're finding that we're having to like persuade people to an extent to stay within what they're good at yeah. um, and stop trying to sort of like, you know, chance, you know, trying to do something else and give it six months, you know, it's going to get back to how it should be. And, Give it a, so yeah we're doing a lot of that and a lot of we've had a lot of angry people talking to us saying that you know whether the industry is this and our company is that and the people i work over this and do you know what like we let them have their kind of moment and then we'll kind of give them our kind of thoughts and opinion where we we're, we're doing a hell of a lot yeah yeah i suppose it's a blend right you've got a bunch of people who've had a lot of time to do a lot of reflection about life and the yeah. world and the universe, everything else is in it. And, and I think, you know, there's some people who will actually try and run away from the situation. And that the easiest way of doing that is just going to do something completely different left field. Um, and there are other people, I think, who've actually just realised this is an opportunity for them to do something different. I'm sure that it's a bad thing if it's the right, if it's the right thing for them. Yeah. But, um, but no, it's, it's just interesting to see. And, and I suppose the, the same question I asked before, but in a different angle, the, do you, is it the good people who are leaving the industry? Or are they, 
or is it Germany? Because one, one of the things that we're clearly seeing, or we're going to see, right, is that the the industry itself has shifted in the sense of the skills and expectations we expect recruiters to have are different, theoretically, different pocket of skills than they were six months ago. So, you know, we need salespeople now, right? We don't just need recruitment administrators. We need people who actually go out there and break down doors and everything else. Uh, I think we've always needed that personally, but we definitely need it now. You know, is, is, is that basis, therefore, I mean, a lot of people spin their hands up and going, well, I'm not that person. I'm not a salesperson. I'm out of here, which is probably why they're going internal or... So what's really interesting, this is, I'll give this answer to in two parts. The recruiters that are good and that have been held on to in most recruitment companies have been held on to for a reason because they're obviously bringing in the most money. They're, you know, valuable to the businesses. They have actually, they're the ones that are, you know, we never really got to speak to as a rec to rec as, as such as everybody else. Um, but the way it's sort of shifted uh, is that these people that are, those recruiters that were kept in and maybe not on furlough because they're that good, they're the ones we're actually talking to more of now. So it's gone into the other way. And the reason we're doing that now is because they've actually seen so much of what their business has done, not done, acted the way that they've been during COVID. And they're the ones that are now seeing, do you know what? What have you got for us as options? You know, I'm going to go and work for that company because I know that they've been hiring throughout lockdown. They've not let anyone go. They've got such a strong business and a great mindset of where they want to go to. So when I'm talking to those people, like it's kind of like flipped a little bit. Um, but the other part of it is as well, this has given us an opportunity as a rhetoric, which we're doing more than ever. And we're still making mistakes with that. You know, I'll be honest with you that we're now having to be so much more in depth with our qualifying of, you know, have you done 360? Can you do business <laughs> development? And how have you done it? What have you done? You know, Give me an example. We're breaking it down so much that we're finding that a lot of recruiters, unfortunately, just they just haven't got the, you know, let's just say they just haven't been either trained well, haven't had the right um, you know, people around them to do it well. And they're the ones that are now struggling to get the jobs that they need. So I think that a lot of businesses now are pushing that, you know, more than they've ever done. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, which which is, which which I think is a good thing in one sense. I hope that this doesn't drive the industry in the wrong direction, and we end up with a, a bunch of cold callers who are just going to sort of bastardise the industry, and you know, it's, it's all going to be random and very much KPI driven for the sake of KPIs, not because they're actually important, but because yeah. it's a simple metric. And I, I just I hope it doesn't ruin the industry because of that. And I hope we I hope this is our chance which is what we're seeing across our network is people thinking about more strategic sales solution selling, consultancy selling, that type of stuff. Yeah. So I hope that stays. I feel like Europe is going to be attacked by recruitment companies now, though. You know, I feel like so many agencies are looking to approach, you know, the European markets and they're going to mm. be attacked by all the business developers and the cold callers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the biggest thing that we've seen is Europe, 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 Europe at the minute. You know, nothing yeah. to do in the UK. Very rare to see anyone trying to do much within the US at the minute. It's all Europe. Mm, um, but not everyone's got that exposure and experience and the businesses that have already been there and done it in that space with the solid recruiters they're the ones that are going to you know thrive at the minute yeah and, and are these are the traditional typical companies in europe that you're seeing or anywhere anywhere new that's coming out that's making us go Ooh. um a lot of the traditional firms that you would know that do european tech are the ones that have done well out of it you know and still doing well and are going to continue to do well but a lot of the agencies that are looking to get into that space are going okay cool well who are those businesses who works in those businesses we want them to work in our business and we're going to do whatever we can to get them you know and it's just that whole pull pulling and throwing at the minute you know so it's Mm. uh it's it's quite fun to say but it's also a bit it's just a bit manic at the minute with that yeah yeah 
Um, I'm going to ask you a question now. You're not going to want to answer it, but I don't care. The, um, if you were giving advice to an employer, a recruitment yep. company owner, of how to best stop their staff leaving and being headhunted by RectorX and other recruitment companies, yep. what would you tell them to do? I think everybody, and it's easy to answer because I don't mind answering this. It's, <laughs> you know, I don't mind answering um, Sit down and talk to your staff individually. Sit mm -hmm. down and make sure that you're aware of where they are at and what they're doing and actually understand everything about how they're operating at the minute. Um, I think take that time to really think about it and make sure that there's a, a reason to move forward and push forward and helping them do that at the same time. A lot of recruiters are left to their own devices too much and they're the ones that are going to struggle and suffer and they're the ones that are then going to be like, oh, Rector X messaged me, what have they got for me? Because that's the best time for them to, to do anything. Um, yeah. So I think really, really actually take the time to do it. A lot of people say, oh, no, I've asked him, he's fine. You know, I've, oh, he's cool. I've, we had a chat earlier, he's great. Yeah, but what about, you know, what are you actually sitting there doing with them? And sometimes a lot of managers and leaders, and obviously that's kind of what my podcast was about, are doing that a lot so, but they've also got a job to do themselves. You know, and they've got their own responsibilities, so it's been quite tough. So, I'd say put a bit more time into into that individual sort of one one on ones, um, but in a lot more you know deeper sort of aspect. Um, I think actually having a bit more of a better personal relationship as well is important. I think understanding who they are and where they're coming from and what they're actually going through and experiencing with everything is important, so that they actually feel that they're cared about and that there is a bit of you know uh, sympathy there if needed or whatever it may well be because a lot of people feel like that their firms don't actually care or less about them yeah. um and i wouldn't even say it's down to money james i don't think it's to do with that as such at the minute i think it's just generally about those two things you know giving them the right support and help that they need one-on-one -on -one at the minute and also at the same time actually you know giving you know uh, caring about them right and making sure that they're all right you know at the end of the day and really understanding where that what their situation is um I don't think the other stuff is really that you know important right now because it's it's not yeah. like that kind of market. Cool. Well, well, novelty that would be to actually care about our people rather than just be fixated on how much profit they're giving us. Yeah, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Do you know? I, I read an article this morning. I think everyone's seen it. Really, just a final note. Like this guy has paid every single one of his members of staff a certain amount of money in Seattle in the US. Yeah. In the whole business, he's given them everyone's on the same money, which is double the minimum wage. He's taken a cut himself, but what he's actually seen is his business turnover. Uh, his, his, his turnover, his revenues tripled in the last few years. Mm. In doing that, his retention rates split by half, and it's actually because he sat down with everybody, he made sure that they weren't the money wasn't the forefront of their mind, but their sanity was, and also what they're doing to you know their job to what they need to do their job is there for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so true, you know, and, you know, we've all read the business books and some people say, well, they're just books, right? Their books are the books. But, you know, but the reality is people write business books generally because they know what they're talking about and they've got a success story. And, and generally, I haven't read many business books that said beat the hell out of your staff and, and hopefully they might still be there long term. It doesn't really sit well with me. And I think it's great to see recruiters recruitment leaders. Well, I think, I think you know, a big, big chunk, you know, we can't not be in the street. A big chunk of recruitment leaders do this anyway. But it's great to see recruitment leaders getting closer and putting their arm around the staff more so than ever before. And I've seen some amazing yeah. examples of that. And the trust, the loyalty is creating, the, that teamship stuff, you know, where people are just saying, well, let's, we're in this together, let's come out of this together and that type of stuff and let's do all we can to make it work. Yes, it might, might not be pretty and yes, it might not be quite the figures we had last week, but do you know what? We're going to get through this and, and we'll be around for a while. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I think massively, and I think once a business owner or the director or the managers, whatever, sit down with their members of staff and basically just do all this 
with them and help them through it. I think that they're, I'll be really surprised if in a week or two weeks time, they entertain something from a, a rec to rec or from a competitor that's looking to hire and bring them on. I really would. Once they've painted a picture and showed them where they can go and what they're going to achieve and how they can get there yeah. properly, you know, properly, not just telling them, but showing them and actually detailing it out for them. I think that changes everyone's mindset as, yeah. as, as much as possible. And if it becomes that, if that doesn't change it, then, you know, I think there's other reasons behind it, which may be personal. Um, and that's mm. kind of where it goes on to the other side of it. But that's how I see them holding on to more of their staff at the minute. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think I was watching a really good Simon Sinek video. We were a good bit of Simon Sinek. And he was talking about, you know, grow your business by heart count, not head count. It's like yeah. that. It's pretty cool. So um, one, one last question for you then. The, you know, obviously, there is movement in the market, though, with people. Um, people coming in, leaving the industry, moving around and that, and that type of stuff. If I was a recruiter leaving, thinking of leaving, obviously I'm going to contact Cayman straight away and sign up and register with you guys. But you know, outside of that, you know, what, what should I, what, what could I be doing differently now or better than I maybe have done before to really expose myself to the market and really prove that I am the recruiter of tomorrow that's worth looking at? Sort out your LinkedIn and your profile, first of all. Um, I think sort out your personal branding and your presence. I think that is so important at the minute. And if people want to be looked at and approached by the, you know, the certain people, firms, whatever it may well be, or just to make themselves feel a bit more important, you know, look at that aspect. Think, sort yourself out in that way. Um, I think a lot of recruiters need to, I mean, if, if they're looking, I think if they need to update their CV, do it, but don't actually sit there and be like, oh, I, was, I used to source job boards. I did, I updated CVs to the system, like put your achievements on there. Mm-hmm. What actually, you know, what's made you successful? What have you achieved? What have you done? Um, that's going to make that business owner think, oh, wow, like that's, that's great. You know, I'm glad I just saw that because we need someone that can do that. You know, yeah. really, really detail your CV in a way where it's a little bit more about um, what you can bring to the table, wherever it is that you're looking to go. Um, but at the same time as well, and I know this is going to sound really bad, but a lot of business owners, you know, do like to be approached um directly in a way where it's not necessarily look if you're a rec- I know this is going to sound really bad if you're a recruiter and you're that good you know you might not need us as a rector right you know yeah. let's be honest right we're a good industry we know what we're doing what we're doing, we will help you but at the same time as you know just be proactive you know some people rely on us a lot and if they need a job go and get it mm-hmm. um you know and Look, as I said, we're there to help you, but you know, at the same time, is help yourself. You know, and yeah, I don't yeah. think a lot of recruiters throughout all of this have helped themselves enough, and I feel like we've had to sometimes push them. Hence, why you've got your, you know, the, the talent platform, right? You know, so that they can get noticed a bit better, and they've got their own CV on there. They're, you know, they're marketed actually a lot, you know, really well. Um, and that's just you know, the honest answer in this. You know, just push yourself in the right direction. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I agree with that definitely. And I think you know that's. Proactivity is definitely one of the attributes I think we're all looking for right now when it comes yeah. to recruiting. I think we always have been, right? But I think now so more than ever before. The um, final final words from you, Cayman. What's the journey now? I've got a rough idea, but what, what are you? Let's tell everyone else. What are your What are your sort of plans from here? Is this going to be an exciting growth year for you? Or are you going to bury your head in the sand and hope that COVID no. goes away? We're looking forward to our, our movement at the minute. We're hiring in London. We've just had someone else start, you know, with Danny in New York. And we're trying to push ourselves in these markets and we're creating more solutions. We're looking at our marketing at the minute to try and push our brand out there a little bit more. We've got the podcast now that's, you know, to not only help our customers and 
businesses out there, but just to hopefully uh, help recruiters in the industry a bit more. And again, that for Cayman gives us a bit more of a presence in the market, which is positive at the same time. For us, we're, we're forever changing our approach and how we manage and deal with things. And we're trying to only work with certain businesses now that are serious about what they're trying to achieve at the same time so that we can work closely with them as more on a partnership basis. Um, you know, where we're at a position now as a rec to rec where, where, you know, we're getting bigger and hopefully getting better, but we also want to work with, you know, like-minded people at the same time that we can do that, you know, and have that journey with um, our recruiters here are, you know, they've been unbelievable throughout all of this and the team has been amazing. And I think that our clients have, you know, really seen that from us, you know, throughout the whole of COVID and we're only going to get stronger and better throughout all of this. And we're, we're going to just keep pressing to grow our rec to rec team here in, in the States, you know, wherever else that may well be. Yeah. Good man. Excellent. Well, listen, great catching up with you as always. You know that. Um, and I love the insights as well. I think it'd be superb. I think it'd be great to get some, at some point to release some data on the back of some of this, some of the things that you're seeing. So I, mean, I think the, the game, the, the Cayman white paper, business temperature check or whatever might be quite interesting. I think it's something yeah, in there. Yeah. So, so I'm sure after anyone listening to this would love to see that. But as always, great to catch up. Love your positivity and optimism, which is super. Love the work that you're doing. And um, we'll catch up really, really soon. James, pleasure. Thanks for your time. And I'll, uh, I look forward to speaking to anyone that needs any help. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll speak very soon. Fantastic. Thank you, man. Thanks, Elliot. Take Cheers, care. Buddy. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye now.